Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at My Church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith. It'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus name. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every opportunity, Lord, to stand before your people. And Father, I ask you, Lord, you move me out of the way. Speak, Lord. Say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Father God, Lord, we're just vessels of your choosing. And Father God, Lord, I declare, Lord, you would have your ability, Father God, and your will, Father God, to use us however you so desire. Father God, Lord, that what you desire would be done in the earth. And Lord, you would do it through us. Father, empower us. Father God, Lord, enrich us. Father God, Lord, just, Lord, give us, equip us, Father God, for every good work. Father God, for every task, Father God, Lord, you've called us to do. Father God, you've called us to be life changers. Father God, Lord, to change, Lord, people, Father God, Lord, in this earth. Father God, to change environments. Father God, Lord, to tear down strongholds, principalities, and powers. And Father God, we thank you, Lord, that we accept wholeheartedly the assignment you've given us. And Lord, we walk in that destiny. And Father God, we know we are who you say we are. We bind every contrary spirit and every demonic force that attempts to hinder us from walking this out in you. And we thank you, Lord, most of all for your darling son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you've been with us, then you know we've been talking about the year of progression because God said that 2022 would be a year of uncommon favor and accelerated harvest and that as covenant believers, our progress will have no limits. And I pray that you have experienced everything that God had in store for you. Well, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about vision. Because the Bible says that the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I told you, we are the ones because it's not just about us. See, in this war against the rulers of the darkness of this age, God has chosen us to be his agents of change in the earth. In other words, we have an assignment to impact others and lead them to Christ. But I told you the problem is too many of us in the body of Christ have become spiritually myopic. In other words, we are nearsighted or short-sighted and we can only see or focus on the things that are close to us. So we're unable to see what God is doing, what he is revealing or where he is leading. And due to our limited vision, we've only focused on what we want what we need and what affects us. 
We've had no concern for anything outside of our own situation. And that's a problem because as the proverb writer reminds us, if a people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. In other words, our flesh will get in the way and we'll get off course. The American Standard Version reads a little differently. It says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. In other words, they begin to live recklessly. Because when we have a limited field of view, it stops us from seeing what's going on around us. And we're unable to see the resources that are at our disposal. For example, there could be someone who needs assistance right beside you. And while you're looking for what you need, you miss out on what is literally right under your nose. And because our focus is so narrow, many of us have missed what God is trying to do for us and through us. Wondering if he is willing or able to change our situation. But Paul reminds us in the Ephesian letter that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Now, I want to pause right there for a moment because for years we've been quoting this scripture saying God can do exceedingly and abundantly above. But the King James Version actually says he's able to do exceeding abundantly. Not exceedingly abundantly, but exceeding abundantly. Okay, pastor, what's the difference? Well, it's an exponential difference because I am able to do exceedingly more than you think or you expect and abundantly more than you can imagine. But what God is capable of exceeds way more than we could possibly comprehend. And he can do it by the power that is already on the inside of us. See, God can do exceeding abundantly. See, what he does exceeds abundantly. In other words, he doesn't have to transfer some capability down here from heaven. It's already available. It says, according to the power that worketh within us. Well, pastor, if that's the case, then what's the problem? Well, before I answer that question, I want to acknowledge that today is Christmas the day where we as believers should be celebrating the birth of Christ. But let's be honest, as a Western culture, we've gotten a little off track. We've allowed, you know, the commercialism and, you know, all of the secularism of this holiday to, to get us off the true meaning. But before we get too deep, I just want to ask you just a simple question. Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? Yeah, go, go ahead. Put it in the chat. Put it in the comments. Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? Now, I want you to think back to when you were a child. When you were a little kid, did you just sit back and hope your parents got you what you wanted for Christmas? Absolutely not. You didn't even wait until Christmas was right around the corner. By the end of September, school had just started and you were already starting to make your list. 
as soon as the back in the day, now you know, I know y'all young folks, I, I, I might be dating myself, but as soon as the catalogs would hit the mailbox. See, we didn't have internet. We had to actually order stuff from a catalog, you know, from a magazine with pictures of the stuff you actually wanted. And you would have to call in and order it on the phone and then they would mail it to your house. But as soon as that catalog would hit the house, you would grab that catalog and you would start circling stuff and writing down page numbers and, 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 and model numbers and, you know, SKU numbers and everything so that you had a list to give your parents because you wanted them to know exactly what you wanted. You didn't sit back and wait and hope that they got what you wanted for Christmas. You asked for what you wanted. So to answer your question, if God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, then what's the problem? Maybe you didn't ask. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because if we're ever going to have the impact that God intended us to have, we must learn to boldly Go before the throne of grace. So open your Bibles with me to the gospel of John chapter four. The gospel of John chapter four. And when you get there, look at verse five. Gospel of John chapter four, beginning at verse five. And here it reads, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Here Jesus says, if you knew the gift, you would have asked. Well, what is the gift of God? Well, turn over to John chapter three. Just go back one chapter and let's find out, shall we? John chapter three, beginning at verse 16. If you've ever been to a football game before, if you've ever talked to anybody who saved before, you've heard this scripture. Anybody ever tried to witness to you before, you've heard this scripture. You don't have to be a Christian to know this scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So here we see that Jesus is the gift. Somebody type in the comments, Jesus is the reason for every season. Yeah. The message translation says it this way. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Did you hear that? Just in case you're listening today and you're not saved, you're at one of your relatives' house and they're saved and they have the word on and you're listening to this and you've been struggling with some things you haven't told anybody. I just want you to catch this. You don't have to wait until the moment of salvation to catch this. He says, no one need to be destroyed. By believing in him, meaning Christ, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. You can be made whole today just by believing. See, he is the demonstration of God's love for us. The very embodiment of how much God loves us. As a matter of fact, turn over to Isaiah chapter nine, Isaiah chapter nine. Now we know that Jesus is the gift. What exactly does that mean? Because he said, if you knew the gift of God, you would have asked. So what is it about knowing the gift of God? What is it that I'm supposed to know that should have made her ask? Well, Isaiah chapter nine, look at verse six. Here it says, King James verse, he says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Once again, we see Jesus is the gift. He says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. The Message Bible puts it this way. For a child has been born for us. Oh, I need you to catch that in your spirit. Jesus was born for us. You need to make it personal to yourself. Jesus was born for me. See, the whole purpose of us celebrating Christmas has nothing to do with presents, has nothing to do with a tree, has nothing to do with Santa Claus. It's the fact that Jesus was born for me. Yeah, get it now. He says the gift of a son for us. The only gift we really need to be focused on right now is the fact that God gave us his son. He says, he'll take over the running of the world. You need to catch a hold of that. Jesus is in charge of everything. Regardless of how it looks, regardless of how it feels, Jesus is the boss. It says his names will be amazing counselor, strong God. Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness, 
His ruling authority will grow and there'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. Sounds like that year of progress he talked about. Unlimited favor. Mm. He said no limits to the wholeness he brings. Here we see that the purpose of the gift was for us to progress, to constantly make our lives better. Jesus himself said in John 10 and 10, I came that you would have life and that you would have it more abundantly. Uh, I hear you, pastor. But if that's the case, if the purpose of the gift was to truly make my life better and God is willing and able according to the power that's already in me, then what's the hold up? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Go over to Ephesians chapter three. Cause I'm just the man to answer for you. Ephesians chapter three. I'm going to bless you this morning. If you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, I'm going to give it to you today. Ephesians chapter three. Look at verse 14. Here it says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. I need you to put that in your spirit right there. It's going to mean something in a little while. He says, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Somebody type in the comments, I'm part of the family. Yeah. And one of the benefits of being in the family is that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. I'm telling you, that's going to mean something to you in a minute. He says that you might be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. See what establishes you. That gives you that firm foundation. What plants you as a member of this family is love. And he said, and you being established and firmly planted in this family that you may be able to comprehend with the saints, your brothers, your sisters, what is the width, length, depth, height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. See the... See, the problem is we don't understand how much God loves us. Jesus said, if you only knew the gift of God, the gift is his love, his affection, his admiration that he has for us. He said, if you understood the height, the depth, the width, the length, that love that God has for you, 
that passes knowledge. He said, you would have asked because God is able to do exceeding abundantly. He's able to do way more than abundantly than we ask or think. In other words, there's nothing that's too much for you to ask. He says, but the enemy has convinced us that we don't deserve his love. So we're afraid to ask. We're ashamed to ask or even too proud to ask. But can I help you this morning? You receiving or not has nothing to do with your deserving. What'd you just say to me, pastor? Yeah. You receiving or not has nothing to do with you deserving. Watch this. I guarantee, guarantee every one of you listening on the sound of my voice got something today from somebody or will at some point today will get something from somebody that you did not expect. And then you will feel bad. You'll feel guilty because you didn't get them anything because you didn't expect them to get it because you didn't feel like you deserved to be blessed on the level that they blessed you. But that did not stop you from receiving what they had for you because your receiving has nothing to do with your deserving. See, because James tells us ye have not because ye ask not and ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. See, it's because of your lack of vision because you are spiritually myopic that you're unable to see beyond yourself. What do you mean, pastor? Either you're looking at you to determine whether you deserve it or not, which keeps you from asking, or you're asking with only you in mind. Mm. As a matter of fact, go over to James chapter four. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm going to bless you today. James chapter four. James chapter four. When you get to look at verse two, James chapter four, beginning at verse two. He says, you want something, but don't get it. You kill, you covet. As the world will say, you lie, cheat, steal. He said, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. God. It's not the fact that you didn't ask. You asked somebody and they didn't give it to you. That's why you got mad in the first place. He said, but you do not ask God. He said, and then when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Watch this. Being spiritually myopic results in you becoming short-sighted or nearsighted. And you end up having what I call a three-foot world. 
You know, most people's arms are about three foot long. So you're only focused on what you want, what you need. And it causes you to have a distorted perception of who God is. You're only concerned about the three feet around you, your personal space, your personal needs, your personal wants. So you have a distorted perception of who God is and what he's willing and able to do. Because even if you believe he can and will do, you only think he's willing to do so much for you. So you begin to budget your faith. You become stingy with your belief. So you cannot imagine going to him on anyone else's behalf. See, your mindset is, well, you know, I, I got it. I got it. I got almost like I got to save that God resource in case I really need something. So, I, I, you know, when somebody tell you to pray for me, yeah, I pray for you, but you're not really praying because, see, you don't want to. It's almost like you, you're scared that you only get three wishes. And if I already use my three, then what's going to happen when I need one? But God's not a genie. Oh, yeah, somebody might want to write that down. God's not a genie. See, so you cannot imagine going to him on anyone else's behalf. But if you recall, the woman came to the well in the middle of the day when it was the hottest, hoping to avoid everyone else because she was only concerned with her needs. She didn't even want to give Jesus a drink of water. But when she recognized the gifts, she said, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Because Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I give will become a fountain of water. In other words, you'll no longer be just a consumer, but you'll become a distributor. See, when you understand the gift, how much God loves you, how much he cares about you, it'll change how you operate. You'll no longer be just a consumer. You'll be a distributor. The Bible says she left her water pot and told the people of that city, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? See, as a consumer, she would have just took her water pot and went home glad that Jesus had blessed her. But because she was now a distributor, she was no longer even concerned with her needs. She was concerned with making sure that she passed the blessing of deliverance onto the others in that city. It says, and many of the Samaritans believed because of her testimony. He told me all that I ever did. See, when you recognize the gift, it changes how you see things. You have no problem going to God on the behalf of others because you realize that what God is willing and able to do far exceeds more than we could possibly comprehend. Can I prove it to you? Go over to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Oh, I'm trying to help you today. Second Samuel chapter 12. Here he says, David says, he tells David, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house 
and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. This is God talking to David after he went and stole Uriah's wife. God said, why would you go and take something instead of asking me for it? Mm. See, if we're going to have the impact that God desires us to have, we must recognize that there's nothing he won't do for us. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 32. Here Paul tells us, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Somebody type in the comment, there's nothing God won't do for you. But first you got to recognize how much he loves you. Or you will never have the confidence to ask. Go over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm about to blow your mind in just a second. I'm about to blow your mind. 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. Here it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. See, it doesn't have anything to do with you or your ability to get it right. It's simply his will for us. The Bible says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. In other words, God wants you blessed. He, he wants you to be successful. He, he wants you to have resources. Why? Because when he wants something done, he doesn't want you to hesitate. See, when God gives you instructions, he wants you to move when he says move. Like ludicrous, when I move, you move just like that. That's how God is looking for you to operate in the earth. See, because where God is taking us is going to require us to recognize the gift. To know without a shadow of a doubt that there's nothing God won't do for us so we can obey him without hesitation. Now, let me show you how he had to settle that in my spirit just recently. Now, as many of you know, those of you know me personally, know your pastor likes to watch TV. That's how I like to relax my mind. I'm always going, I'm always thinking, I'm always in the word, I'm always working on ministry stuff, I'm always working on technology, I'm always working on the broadcast, I'm working on just, I'm always going, taking care of my family, do, doing stuff, I'm always going. 
So how I unwind, how I shut this computer down at the end of the day is by watching television. It's, it's, it's how I relax. And I love a good action, uh, crime drama. Well, one of my favorite shows of all times is a show called The Family Business. Now, don't judge my playlist, and I won't judge yours. If you've never seen it, I'm telling you, it's, it's a great show, but I'm telling you, it's for mature folks. If you're not mature enough, Christian, to watch anything second on TV, don't watch it. But I'm telling you, it's a great show. I, I love the writing. I'm telling you, it, it's, it's very creative. I'm telling you, they, it's the plot lines. I love plot lines where I got to try to figure out what's happening and I got to figure out, you know, who killed who and who's after who and, you know, all that kind of, I mean, it's it, that kind of show. It keeps me engaged and it keeps my mind from being engaged on other stuff. And that's why I love it. I mean, and, and I'm telling you, and it, it's, it's just one of those shows. But one of the things I really like about this show is, it's about some very, very wealthy people that look like me. Yeah. So it allows me to do some vision casting sometimes. When I'm looking at this show, I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to have that. And somebody might say, well, you know, that's, that's, that's materialistic. No. Because like I said, when God says move, I'm supposed to be able to move just like that. Because I watch how they operate. When they need to do something, they're not going, well, well how much does it cost? Or do we have that? They need to go somewhere. We'll get on the jet. Well, we need, because that's how. And we don't have a problem with people in the world operating like that. But we have a problem when it comes to people in the kingdom. Let's just be frank. And so I, I love it. I love it. I love watching. It just does. It charges me up when I see it. I'm like, whoa, look at that. That's just. And, and it's, I'm telling you this. Stay with me. I'm trying to help you see something. Well. One of my favorite actors plays on the show. He's, he's one of the stars and executive producers. Guy by the name of Sean Ringo. And he, he plays a character by the name of Junior Duncan. He's a big guy. His family is well off. He always dresses real fly. Well, and as you can see, he, he looks like he could be one of my relatives. You know, he reminds me a lot of myself back in my younger days when Pastor Tuck used to live in the gym like he does. But, you know, those days are well gone. But when Pastor Stephanie and I have been watching this show for about four years now, about four years, and I remember on the very first episode, I noticed that Junior was wearing this really thick bracelet. If you look real close at the picture, you'll see that on his right wrist, he has this bracelet on. And I saw that bracelet on the very first episode. Very first time he came on camera, I was like, yo, because I'm very attentive to stuff. I'm like, I didn't say anything to my wife. I didn't say anything. I was just like, in my spirit, I was like, ooh, that's tight. I like that. And so every time I saw him on camera, I was, I kind of checked it out. I was like, it's kind of tight. So after the show went off, I started searching on the internet, trying to find one like it, but I couldn't find one. Now, every time I would see him with it on, I started looking for it because I wanted a bracelet like that. Now by the second season, I saw him with it again. And I told my wife about it. 
I told her, I said, yeah, I keep trying to find that bracelet. I said, because I like that bracelet, but I can't find one. So my wife, being who she is, she started looking for it. She started sending me links for bracelets that she had found, but we couldn't find anything that looked like it. Now, by the third season, every time I would see him on screen, I would say to my wife, Junior got my bracelet on. And I would always laugh. I said, I said, look, that got my bracelet. Junior got my bracelet on. I'm telling you, I was obsessed with this bracelet. Well, the fourth season premiered September the 1st this year, a few months ago. And every time I saw him with the bracelet, I would say to my wife, Junior got my bracelet on. Well, as the season progressing, every episode I'm seeing him with my bracelet on, I'm like, they got my bracelet. And I'm still looking for it, can't find it. I'm like, I'm frustrated. I'm like, man, I want that bracelet. Well, on October the 13th, after watching the show, I told my wife, I'm going to see if I can find him on social media and ask him where he got that bracelet. So I sent him a message. I found him on Instagram. I sent him a DM. Hey, man, I like that bracelet. Where'd you get that bracelet? So a few days later, my wife asked me, you heard anything back? I'm, nope. So I just keep checking my Instagram. Hadn't got nothing back. About two weeks later, the night before the season finale, he sends me a message asking me, what bracelet are you talking about? I told my wife, I said, he responded. So I described the bracelet and I sent him a screenshot that I had taken from the TV. And he tells me, oh, it was a limited piece made by Jacob the jeweler. But I might be willing to part with it if you're serious. Now, for any of you who know who Jacob the jeweler is, if you don't know, Jacob the jeweler is a famous jeweler in New York. He's made jewelry for just about every major celebrity there is. I mean, Biggie, Rihanna, I mean, just, I mean, anybody who's out there in the industry, you can mention anybody who's a, a famous actor, anybody who's a famous uh, musician. Just say Jacob the jeweler, they know exactly who you're talking about. Just about anybody in New York, you can walk down the street, say Jacob the jeweler, they know who you're talking about. If you don't know, just Google Jacob and Company. So, of course, I asked him, how much? And he sends me back a price, and I almost choked at his response. Because it was not cheap, let's be honest. Now, at this time, I was in the middle of a financial battle. And the enemy was trying to get me to focus on my situation. All of the obligations that I have and all of the uncertainty of the things that were happening. I've got two kids in college. My wife's not working. All these things are going on. So I'm like, oh man. So I started praying about it because now I got to give him an answer. I didn't ask for this and he's sitting here to set me out a price. And now I got to say, oh no, man, that's, <laughs> I wasn't serious. So I started praying about it because I was thinking about everything that was going on. And I thought, even though I want it, God, I don't want to be irresponsible. 
And God said to me, do you understand how much I love you? And I said, yes. Then he said, do you understand that I love you more than any trouble that can show up in your life? And I said, yes. He said, then get the bracelet. And so I, I, I told my wife, I said, um, he sent me back, told me he, he, he'll sell it. And he told her how much he wanted for it. And I said, and my wife confirmed God. She said, well, get it. And I said, babe, we got a lot going on. She said, get it. And God told me, get the bracelet. So that every time you look at your wrist, It'll be a reminder that there's nothing I won't do for you. We all see Junior right there in the picture with the bracelet. Well, right now you see Pastor right here on your screen with the bracelet. See, because you have not because you ask not. And every time I look at my wrist, it's a reminder God said, there's nothing I won't do for you. God said, all you got to do is know how much I love you. He said, if I didn't spare my son, how shall I not with him freely give you all things? What is it that you could ask me for that's too much? He said, because where I'm taking you, That's the kind of faith I need you to have. He says, I need you to know that I love you enough that you can ask me for anything because there's nothing more valuable to me than you. Now, I know somebody's thinking, Pastor, that's just too much. I don't need all that material stuff. I just want enough for me. Well, let me help you today. Because see, the enemy has convinced you to believe that to want anything is wrong. But we all want something. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't go to work every day. The problem is we don't want anything for the kingdom. Yeah. And God wants to use us as a distribution center. See, the spirit of greed and the spirit of just enough is actually the same spirit. And it's called avarice. Go over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm about to let you go. But I, I, I got to get you to see this. Because we don't serve a just enough God. He didn't say God is able to do just enough. He says, God is able to do exceeding abundantly more than you can ask or think. He said, God can do just enough, give you just enough what you need. He didn't say that. He said, God is able to make all grace abound to you. That in every situation, you may have all sufficiency. So that you would have enough for every charitable 
work. He said that in every situation that arises, you would have more than enough for yourself and for anything he tells you to do. Y'all in 1 Timothy 6, look at this. He says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith and in their greediness pierced themselves with many sorrows. That phrase, the love of money, is the Greek word avarice. It means the desire to satisfy oneself, to have just enough for yourself, just enough to pay your bills. He said, see, that, 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 that desire to have just enough for me. Watch this. Somebody asks you for something. You go in the store, you go buy one cookie. You don't go a pack. You buy one cookie and somebody asks you for some cookie. You're like, I didn't buy but one. Because you only bought enough for you. That is the epitome of greed. Especially when you knew that there were going to be other people there. They used to tell us, if you don't have enough to share, then don't pull it out. Because that is the epitome of selfishness. That's the epitome of greed. It says that's the root of all kinds of evil. The Bible says where envy and self-seeking are, selfishness, there is every evil thing. So that, that mindset that I just want enough for me, that's selfish. Because you're not thinking about blessing anybody else. Remember he told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. So until you get in your mind that I, that God loves me enough to want me to have more than enough so that he can use me to bless somebody else, then I will never be in that place to be a blessing. Look at what he says. He says, for, for which, he says, because of that spirit of avarice, because of that mentality of I want just enough, he says, because of that, some have strayed from the faith, that place of trusting God and his promises. He says, and in their greediness, that word greediness means to stretch oneself, to reach out after. He says, so because now you don't trust God, you start now reaching after stuff on your own. You start trying to do stuff in your own efforts, in your own capability. He says, and because of that, they have pierced themselves with many sorrows. You've caused yourself to experience hardship. See how we end up in problems is we're trying to do stuff instead of asking God. See, I used to tell my kids this all the time. When they sit there and they fall and they do something, when they're reaching for something, they're trying to climb and get something, why didn't you just ask me to help you? My wife is now suffering with some physical challenges and then she'll mess around and do something. And I'm like, why didn't you ask for help? See, you have not because you ask not. And you have to know that God loves you enough that there's nothing you can ask that's too much. That's why Jesus tells us, take no thought for your life. What shall you eat? What shall you drink? Wherewithal shall you be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. People who have no relationship with God. He says, for your heavenly father knoweth you have need of all these things. God knows exactly what you need. God knows what you need before you did. 
See, we always get so upset when we have problems, when things show up uh, uh, unannounced, uh, surprising, pop up, something happens. We get all so, so bent out of shape. But guess what? If it surprised you, it didn't surprise God. He already knew it. And so he already had a plan for it. He already had resources for it. But guess what? You got to ask God. See, I remember watching when my kids were small and they'd be at home and we might be out of cereal or whatever. And I know I hadn't gone to the grocery store and bought a cereal, but I know they got to eat. So I may have made sure that even though we didn't have no cereal, I knew some Pop-Tarts were in there. So they may come in there panicking. Ain't no cereal. Well, there are Pop-Tarts in there. There's not an emergency because I already knew that you had needed something. So I made sure that there was something there to take care of your need. And God is the same way. He's a father. See, God loves you and he's intimately concerned about every detail of your life. And he's willing and able to supply your every need. But if you don't truly comprehend the gift, the love, the admiration that he has for you, you will never have the confidence to ask. You'll not only trust him for what he wants to do for you, but what he wants to do through you. See, you got to realize that you are a part of the family business. Yeah. Remember, he said, I bow the knee and pray for all of those for whom they're named after the father. You are a part of the family business. And I told you, he will take, he takes care of the family. I told you one thing about this show. Ernie Hudson plays the father. L.C. Duncan. And he's got several kids. And one thing about his children, they don't have to worry about wanting anything. If somebody bothers one of those kids, the entire family rallies to make sure that those kids are okay. Why? Because they're a Duncan. Well, guess what? You're a Christian. You are part of the family business. And God said, what would I look not like not taking care of my family? How can LC take care of his kids better than me? But see, you can't, just like Junior couldn't go out here and get in trouble and not call LC and let him know what's going on. Because what he will be doing is denying himself access to the resources that are available to him. If you don't realize how much God loves you, you'll never ask. And you won't access what God wants to do for you or through you. But God bless you today. I pray you got that today. You have not because you asked not. So simply, maybe you got to ask. But I pray this message blesses your heart today. And if you're listening today, you're like, man, this sounds amazing. I don't even understand how you do that. The first thing you got to do, you got to become part of the family. You got to be part of the family to get the benefits of being in this family. 
And God made that simple. He said that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you could be saved. He didn't make it difficult at all. He said, that's all you got to do. All you have to do is recognize how much I loved you. The fact that I gave up my son for you, that I gave you that gift so that you would not have to be destroyed and you could live a life of wholeness. Desire that life. He said, the only exchange is you have to give up the life you're giving in order to have the life that I have for you. You have to allow Jesus to be your Lord. Allow him to make all your decisions. Remember, he said he would be your ruler. He would rule over us. So allow him to be your ruler, your authority, and you can have the wholeness that comes with that life. And if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe you love me enough to give up your son. And I want to accept that gift. I want to accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. I give him permission to make my every decision. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me how to live for you. Be my father. Make me your child. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible teaching, Bible believing church. And if you accepted Christ today, we want to know. So go to our website, www.lovemychurch.org. Click contact us. Fill out a connection card. Let us know you received Christ today. And somebody will get back to you. Somebody will get you a message and let you know what the next steps are. We broadcast every Sunday morning at 1215. We have our small groups on Thursday evenings at 730. First and third are our women's small group. Second and fourth are our men's small group. And on fifth Thursday, we do our marriage small group. And then every Sunday evening, we do a Zoom Bible study for our partners. And if you want to be a part of our ministry, just send us a message. Let us know. You receive salvation. You need help finding you a church home in your area. Just let us know. We'll be glad to help you on this journey. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this message and you want to help us continue to spread the gospel around the world, click the donate button. Sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg. PayPal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Giveify app. However, you desire to give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel to do the work that God's called us to do. And if you were with us on last time, you know I told you I said I was going to give you a special opportunity today. I know that today is Christmas. I know you probably left all your money in the mall. But I want you to trust God today. I want you to expand your vision. I want you to stop being myopic. I want you to stop looking at what you need. And I want you to trust God. I want you to pray. Trust God here from heaven. Outside of your tithe, outside of your offering. Whatever God tells you to do when you pray. If he tells you he wants you to be a blessing. We're going to do a special offering. You can still use the same methods of giving. Cash out, PayPal, Givelify, however you want to give. But in the comments, say Christmas blessing. And what we want to do is we want to take that Christmas blessing and we're going to take all those Christmas blessing donations and we're going to make a donation to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Because there are some people today, you, you're probably spending time with your family, 
You have your kids in front of you, your healthy kids. There's some people out there that have kids that are suffering with cancer. And we know that I don't, I don't even have to tell you about St. Jude's. I'm sure that all of you know who about St. Jude's. If you don't go to their website and see what kind of ministry they have. But I just want you to get into the practice of doing something outside of yourself. Be a part of the family business. Be a part of the ministry of touching and impacting somebody else's life. So I want to give you that opportunity today. So follow the instructions on the screen. So we'll see. And like I said, if you want to be a part of this special gift today, just for Christmas, give a gift to somebody else besides yourself. Aside your family, something that's nothing outside of your three foot world. Somebody you don't know just because you want to be the hand of Christ. You want to do the family business to bless others. So we'll see and put in the notes Christmas blessing. And like I said, we're going to take that and we're going to sow that into St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Thank you. We want to see you. We want we want to see children blessed today. We want to put a smile on some folks' face today. But in any event, I bless you today. I pray pray that you had a blessed day today. Remember that Jesus is the reason for every season. Enjoy spending time with you, your family today. And on behalf of myself, Pastor Stephanie, Kaya, Courtney, and the entire My Church family, we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Wonderful, happy holiday. Spend some time with your family, love on each other. Just remember that Jesus is the reason for every season. We don't have to just wait for this one. But God bless you today. We love you. Stay tuned for our announcements. We'll see you again on next time. Pastor Stephanie for Women of Worth every first and third Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. Join Pastor Tuck in the Man Cave every second and fourth Thursday at 7.30 p.m. 
on Facebook Live. Before the pandemic, our relationship was already in trouble. It's like we argue about everything. I mean, he comes home and he sits in the driveway, in the car, instead of coming into the house with me and his son. See, she doesn't trust me. And she talks about me to her girlfriends. Like she speaks so loudly like she wants me to hear. What am I supposed to do with that? Why do you have to get out of the bed at 11.20 at night to return a text? You see? She doesn't even know how to talk to me. And he refuses to talk to me. Like the first couple weeks of quarantine, together in the house all day and all night, just confirmed it's me. I can't do this anymore. You know what? I'm done. I think I'm done. Maybe we need to get some help. I think we need to talk to somebody. Marriages are under attack. And if you or someone you know needs help, then join Pastors Lewis and Stephanie Tucker for My Church Marriage Seer Training. Every fifth Thursday at 7.30 p.m., Pastors Lewis and Stephanie Tucker have designed a course to help your marriage to not just survive, but to thrive. Get the tools necessary for a successful biblical marriage. You can enjoy this course live on Roku, Fire Stick, and Apple TV via the BoxCast channel or on Facebook and YouTube Live. Just search My Church Lynchburg. Why not make an investment into your marriage that will impact generations? My Church Lynchburg Marriage Seer Training every fifth Thursday at 7.30 p.m. You can now watch the My Church broadcast on your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and Apple TV. Simply download the BoxCast channel and look for the My Church icon. Or catch the word on the go with the word at My Church Podcast. Now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music. Tune in iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher podcast platforms. Just search for My Church Lynchburg. Now there's no excuse to go without the word. And for those of you with Alexa enabled devices, simply enable the My Church Lynchburg skill in the Alexa app. Then say, Alexa, open My Church Lynchburg and sit back and enjoy the word.